0: Hey, this is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And before we start the show, we'd like to bring your attention to some cool conferences we're going to be at in Europe.
1: Specifically, NDC happening June 12th through the 16th in Oslo, Norway. All the usual suspects will be there. Hey,
0: and they even let us in.
1: But don't hold that against them.
0: No. Well, this is their big show,
1: Richard, the original NDC. Which we've been going to for like eight years. That's right. We don't know exactly what we'll be doing yet but you can expect a great panel discussion.
0: Yeah, and of course, we'll be in the fishbowl making some great .NET Rock shows for your listening pleasure.
1: So go to ndcoslo.com and register now.
0: And for more great NDC conferences, go to ndcconferences.com. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're here for another hour of geeky goodness.
1: Back in the studio, it's fun to be here as well. Yeah. Yeah. I got a week away. I got out of the gray, went to Hawaii. So, yep. you know, yep. it's a direct flight from Vancouver. It's only six hours. That's really makes me mad, actually. <laughs> well, is, is winter over for you yet? Because it's spring here. I've got
0: allergies. The funny thing was, Richard, is that the first day of spring... It became like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Just like that. Just like that. And I was able to have a fire on the back porch, which is nice. my favorite thing in the world to do in the spring and yeah. summer. But uh, what can I tell you? There's there's a lot more to say, but that's not why the listeners are here. They're here to uh, listen to .NET Rock. So let's get this thing rolling with Better Know a Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got?
1: I should do a podcast about the back porch. That'd be great. <laughs> you could do a podcast called The Back Porch. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a cool idea.
0: Random musings from the back porch. All right. Well, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh I found this very cool uh tool that's trending. And like most things, it has a free edition and then it has a monthly edition. But it's called Plotly. P-L-O-T dot L Y.
1: I wonder what a dot L Y extension is. That's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, like bit.ly uses it. Oh, you wonder
1: where it is? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it some country? It must be some country. Must be. Yeah. Oh, it's the top-level domain name of Libya. Excellent. Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so much we could say about that, but we won't. Well, there you go. (laughs) Um, So Plotly is essentially a way that you can share data, uh, you know, for business intelligence and data science, share data sets, and then visualize that data and then share those visualizations. So it's a sort of a, platform for business intelligence and data science. So the first thing you can do is you can upload or import your data. Right. And if you don't have a database, you can use MySQL, SQL Server, PostgreSQL, Redshift, Excel, whatever, and they can also you can also import a CSV file and manual data entry if you want. Um, you, you don't need to have uh, have a database. You can just start typing SQL and everything works. You can uh, create charts and graphs. There's a huge library of the things that you can make in the API. And then you share those findings, and you can embed them into a web page, export them into PDF, PNG, SVG, or create custom presentations and dashboards from
1: them. Hmm. Okay. So not just uh, a charting tool. Right. That's cool.
0: And then you can do analysis with Python or R or MATLAB, Excel, JavaScript, or Jupyter. And uh, it's it's kind of cool. And then there's some success stories there at the bottom of the page. And there's like I say, there's a free version and there's a paid version. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole enough to know what the difference is, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that the free version is good enough for you to at least figure out if it's going to be valuable to you.
1: Yep. Yeah. It sounds like it's more a utilization thing. I think so. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. It's like as soon as you want to use this a lot, as soon as you're hooked. Yeah, then it's going to cost you some money.
0: Yeah, and hopefully by then it's being it's providing value. You're only hooked because it's good. Right. So who's
1: talking to us today, Richard Campbell? I uh, grabbed a comment off of 1411. That's a show we did back in February 2017 with Gil Clearan when we were talking about Xamarin MVVM apps. That's right. And, uh, and MVVM Cross came up in that conversation. In fact, there was links there and so forth. Yep. And Jim Bennett said, great show as always with reference to what does a new MVVM cross solution look like? There mm. are extensions for Visual Studio on Windows and Mac and Xamarin Studio for Mac that give you file new project for MVVM cross apps with a starter app. There's mm. also a great book coming out, seriously great, not that I'm biased or anything, <laughs> that shows you how to build Xamarin apps using MVVM cross. And I, I clicked on his link to take a look at the book, and the book is Xamarin in Action by Jim Bennett. Interesting. Jim's putting out a book. Who would have known? Who would have known? Yeah. Not that he's biased or anything. Nope, not biased. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's a Manning Press book, so you can get a pre-release and early access and so forth. So anybody can take a look at this. And uh, hey, Jim, thanks for the call out and uh, happy to send you a .NET Rocks mug. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug.
0: And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. And send us a tweet. We make WebGL 3D charts out of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then that brings us to our esteemed guest today. Speaking of uh, Xamarin and MVVM Cross, it's Martin Van Dyke, which is an English version of his name. Um, but, you know, that he he allowed me to use the Americanized version, so that's okay. So Martin is a Microsoft and Xamarin MVP from the Netherlands, working with Xamarin, Android, Windows, and iOS. He's also a contributor to MVVM Cross and several other Xamarin plugins. Welcome, Martin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um. So we have done shows on MVVM cross before. In fact, we've been talking about MVVM cross since before Xamarin.
2: So I've heard you guys had still lots on the show, and recently Joe Claren.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know for those who haven't heard about MVVM cross and maybe went jumped right to Xamarin Forms or whatever. Can you give us a little history?
2: Of course, I can. So this started back in the day as MonoCross, which was an uh, MVC framework. And it was started by Stuart Lodge, um, and it evolved into MVVM Cross, which was basically a framework targeting uh, Xamarin, or the Mono uh, stack. So after a while, a lot of other people came in that thought that this is a really amazing framework that we want to build our apps on as well, and it contributed to the open source work.
1: Cool, and, and wasn't there early versions of MVVM cross that were Silverlight focused?
2: Uh, Yeah, so back then, which was about 2013, I think, then sure. uh, the focus was on Silverlight, uh, then um, Xamarin.iOS and Mono Drive came in, mm-hmm. and that really started targeting MVVM as a cross-platform framework.
1: Okay. So it's, an, it's another approach to building Xamarin apps.
2: Well, MVVM has been well, Known uh, in Silverlight and WPF uh, apps. And this is basically also the approach that every other framework does for Xamarin these days.
1: Right. Well, and it's, it's the way to do things. No two ways about it. Right. Yeah. So,
0: um, many people who have done, you know, uh, WPF, Silverlight, then even, you know, some web frameworks are familiar with MVVM model view, view model. Um, and even Xamarin and Xamarin Forms allow you to do MVVM, and there are MVVM frameworks out there that uh, don't necessarily um, couple themselves as tightly. So why MVVM-Cross as opposed to, say, MVVM-Lite or some other MVVM-Toolkit?
2: Um, so, what I think that makes MVVM Cross so amazing is that it's um, supporting all major platforms, which means uh, everything from the Android, iOS, Windows, uh, and everything within those stacks. So, if you think about Windows, we have support for console, uh, WPF, UWP, um, and uh, on on the Mac OS, uh, TVOS, iOS part, we have support as well so it's everywhere basically um and another thing is is that it has the largest and most engaged community uh, which means a lot of contributions uh fast release cycles and a lot of people that can help out if you get stuck in problems
0: mm-hmm. and uh so so there are features of mvvm cross as well that sort of all come together to uh to to make a, a nice little toolkit. I mean, there's things in there that go beyond the scope of MVVM, right?
2: Yeah, so maybe it's a good idea to first talk about why should you use MVVM in the Xamarin application?
0: Sure, yeah, why should you?
2: Yeah, so what I've seen is that a lot of people, when they start doing Xamarin, they ask themselves, what kind of architecture uh, should I use? Uh And what I see is that people come often from a background of traditional .NET or maybe uh, even backhand work, and they do probably MVC. And if you come from an Android background, you do the MVP pattern. Mm. Um, And why don't those work really well with Xamarin? Well, the thing is with Xamarin you want to try to share as much code as possible. Right. Uh which means you probably wanna have the same code base for iOS, Android and whatever other platform you have.
1: Right. hmm
2: And MVM comes here in place that it, it's it's the best to share all this code because you can abstract away everything that is shared over the platforms like um your uh, whatever is in the view model. You can have your models uh, in the view model loaded, get some data from an API, convert that with json.net, and put that into an observable collection, which you can then show in your view. And all of that is not tightly coupled together. Mm -hmm. So which means that you can make another view on iOS than you have on Android.
1: Right. So is that the only thing that has to be specific to each platform is the view? That is correct. That's cool.
0: Well, and, and Xamarin Forms is another way to do that with, you know, a sort of more limited set of view tools, right? That you can use the same markup, you know, with with subtle changes, of course.
2: Right. So there's also support for Xamarin Forms in MVVM Cross. Well, that
0: begs the question: Are they? I guess they're not mutually exclusive. Then, how does a hybrid? Xamarin forms MVVM-Cross work?
2: Um, so how it works is, and by explaining this, I need to go deeper into the concept of presenters in MVVM-Cross. Okay. Um, what it does is MVVM-Cross, when you navigate to a new view model, um, it sends out a request to the presenter on the native platform. And if you use the MVVM-Cross Forms presenter, it will check for if that view exists on forms or not. And by doing that, you can show either a forms view or a native view. Okay. And
0: so um, I guess then you would do you have to pick a native or forms uh, at the level of the view, or can you sort of mix them up? I mean, one of the things I like about Xamarin Forms is you can have native controls in a shared view.
2: Right, right, yeah. So you can mix them up actually, and that's the great thing about it. You probably need to make your own presenter to customize it all a little bit. Okay. But that's also another advantage of MVVM Cross that you can really easily customize the behavior and appearance of your app. And by doing so, you can have certain views specific in Xamarin Forms, while the overall, let's say, for example, a master-detail pattern is made in native code.
1: OK. Cool. So you have choices here as to how you want to render the thing.
2: Exactly. And uh, MVVM cross is all about that you have the flexibility of choosing however you would like to make your app.
1: OK. I'm just trying to figure out exactly how MVVM cross and, and Reform is going to get along, because it feels like they do the same thing.
2: Right. They partially do the same thing, but the problem is, or not really the problem, the thing is MVVM cross supports a lot more things than just uh, MVVM supported by forms. So if I talk, for example, about dependency injection, about inversion of control, right. uh, and a lot more things that are in MVVM, not all of that is supported in Xamarin Forms by default. Okay. And that's why I would highly recommend using them.
0: But, you know, those are sort of add-on things, right? I mean, you could use an IOC container, you know, off the shelf, uh, you know, separate compl- with Xamarin Forms, and now you've got IOC. And dependency injection, I imagine, the same way, right? I mean, it's just sort of a nice little package in MVVM cross, I guess is what you're saying
2: uh that's as well but what i'm also saying is that xamarin forms doesn't have all of these little tools right. and helpers and um you know things that are already included in forms right. forms is more about the ui it does mvvm by default by using mvvm cross you add a whole set of tools that you can use to make your app at the next level
0: right and it really doesn't take away anything from
1: Sammer it adds to it as I guess another thing you're
0: saying. That's here. correct.
2: Yeah. Yes. All right.
1: Because normally you'd have to pick your own IOC control uh, library and a DI library and so forth, all right, and basically. make sure they all work together. Um, this is all packaged up.
2: Yes, exactly. And this this is packaged up, uh, and um, it also um, takes into account other things. For example, if you want to do testing, uh, the IOC container really. Uh, is integrated into the test, so you can uh, actually inject, for example, your uh, services into your tests.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's dig into presenters a little bit because this, I think, is where you know the the rubber meets the road in terms of UI and forms, and uh, whether you're using native or Xamarin forms or some hybrid of both, which is really intriguing to me. Um, so I guess you're saying that the presenter is the sort of abstraction of a view in mvvm cross is that a good way to say it
2: uh no i would say that the presenter is just a way to funnel the um, the view the model view. to a view on the native platform
0: okay so this is the connector between the view and the view model exactly all right and so if you have a, a view that's a xamarin form for one page that's fine. And if you have a native view for another page, that's fine too. Right, it doesn't right. doesn't matter to the presenter.
2: And the presenter knows uh, to go to what page by uh, you using, uh, for example, a generic on your controller or your view, which, um, say, switch view model is used for that view. Right.
0: And so is the navigation built into the presenter as well, or is that a separate thing?
2: The navigation itself is uh in a separate uh you know class uh and it's from within the view model, so you have the strict view model to view model navigation all right, and this is basically using the stuff that xamarin
0: provides right the iNavigation. navigation
2: no that's all in m v v m cross oh it
0: is yes okay so I'm used to the navigation that's built into xamarin forms, so you wouldn't use that if you're using xamarin forms with m v v m cross right. And is there any difference between those two systems or they basically do the same thing?
2: Uh, Well, there is a little bit of difference there. As I just said, um, MVVM cross does only do view model to view model navigation where you can kind of use view to view navigation in Xamarin forms.
0: Okay, that's true. Yeah, okay, I get that. So it's just another layer of abstraction. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if one, one or the other is better. Yeah, I guess that's probably what our listeners are trying
2: to dis- yeah. determine as well. Well, I would say that it's better to do view model to view model navigation because that does abstract it away, uh, and it will provide a way to share that uh, logic in your, you know, PCL.
0: So yeah, so taking the navigation out of the view makes sense to me because you you really are going from this page to the other page and. Uh, you know, this form to the other form, this view to the other view. But the view model is what makes that all happen. So it, it kind of makes sense to me.
2: Yes, it does. And uh, actually, that makes it also much more testable because the tests can run on your view models and yeah. you can make use of um, the IOC there to inject your services into the view model and use it with navigation. That's
0: right. Yeah, so testing with navigation doesn't require the view. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. This episode of .NET Rocks is made possible in part by
1: Windows on the Google Cloud Platform. You may not know this, but the Google Cloud Platform supports Windows Server 2008, 2012, and 2016. It also supports
0: SQL Server versions 2012, 2014, and 2016 standard
1: web and enterprise editions with high availability. You can deploy your ASP.NET Windows apps to Compute Engine or your ASP.NET Core apps to App Engine or Container Engine. That's Google's hosted Kubernetes environment.
0: .NET and .NET Core libraries are there for all 200-plus Google.com and cloud services in NuGet, led by John Skeet of Stack Overflow fame.
1: But what about Visual Studio integration? Oh, it's there. You can use Visual Studio to manage your GCP resources and deploy your existing apps.
0: You get Stack Driver logging, error reporting, and tracing support for .NET and .NET Core.
1: PowerShell commandlets for GCP, which run on Windows and Linux.
0: And a great set of partners to bring your Windows and .NET workloads to GCP,
1: including Capgemini, Nudesic, and Magenic. So go to gcp.netrocks.com and get your free trial today.
0: And um, plugins, what are the, what's the plugin model for MVVM Cross?
2: Yeah, so there are a lot of plugins available uh, for MVVM Cross. Um, What exactly do you want to know about that? So
0: is it basically just an interface that uh, you write against? And, you know, is it easy to implement your own plugins? Is there a a third-party library uh, collection somewhere? Is there a marketplace for plugins? Uh, You know, what kinds of things can you do with a plugin?
2: Yeah. So there are a lot of plugins available for MVVM Cross, and most of them are available on GitHub. So you can um, find the source there. But other than that, you should just search on NuGet for MVVM Cross, and a whole list of plugins will pop up. Okay. Um, and um, some of them which really stand out to me are, for example, the localization plugin and the Messenger.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. Wow, MVVM cross-plugin returns 1,783 packages. Oh, my.
0: <laughs> so, Messenger, is this to do messaging between view models?
2: Yes, that's what it does. Yeah. So, you can send messages from another view model to to the next view model. Um, because normally, we wouldn't have a hard connection from one view model to another.
0: Sure, this is what I like about MVVM Lite you know that that there was uh in not only just base classes and things but um the ability to do this communication back
1: layer which i really like wow It looks like you wrote a whole bunch of these martin
2: <laughs> yeah i did
1: you've been you've been busy so is this just all about keeping the mvvm cross library small and you just bring in the pieces you need
2: uh, it kind of is. And what we also want to present is having dependencies on external components. Right. So, for example, uh, I did a time ago, I did a side menu for iOS because, you know, it's not native functionality, but a lot of people use it. And we pull in a dependency on another library that does the side menu and then made a presenter to show that side menu in MVVM cross. Okay, but you don't want to have the dependency in your main library,
1: no, so we no, just no, do no. it as a plugin. And and looking at this list on you get closer, I see there's about twenty five or so that are on the current version of MVVM Cross, which is a lot more palatable than seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. All right, so I mean, it does sound like if somebody's trying to get into MVVM Cross, you're going to need to look at these plugins because these are things that you're you're ultimately going to use. They're not exceptions, really.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So it might be a little bit overwhelming, but if you want to know about what the plugins do and how you would implement it, you can look at the documentation at mvvmcross.com.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it sure does. So
0: you've obviously been contributing to MVVM Cross for a while. Uh, What are some of your favorite uh, things that you've brought to life in MVVM Cross?
2: So, um, I think I've bought over 500 commits on MVVM cross, uh, for myself. And a lot of other people have done it as well. Wow. And one of my favorite things, what I bought through MVVM cross is the Android support libraries.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. No, tell us. But, um, so Android support libraries, Android has been known to be, um, really, um, you know, a fragmentated mobile space, right? Yeah. hmm And what uh, Google tried to do is fix that a little bit by providing packages that have backwards compatibility to older platform versions. Yeah. And by doing that, they, for example, bought material design, which is really cool, looks really great on apps. They bought it back to even API level seven, which is uh, gingerbread, I think.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's always the battle with Android, right? Is it such a fragmented market? How do you build it and have it work across most of the devices or at least a few of the devices? or How about more than one of the devices?
2: Exactly. And Android support libraries fix all of that. And what I did is made sure that all those classes, all those new uh, base classes, for example, for an activity, work together with MVVM Cross. Make sure that, for example, view models are integrated into that. Another big thing is fragment support in MVVM Cross. So your fragments from Android uh, can contain view models. And when, for example, you turn your screen, your activity is actually being destroyed and recreated uh, when the screen is uh, coming back after the rotation. And that's also where you need to bring your fragments back to life. And all those tombstoning and that kind of stuff are fixed for MVVM Cross.
1: Nice. All right. So it picks all those those problems up. So I thought I thought that Xamarin absorbed a bunch of those problems as well.
2: Well, Xamarin is just you know binding to um, the native platform, so it didn't right. exactly fix it.
1: No. Do you, you literally have different versions of Xamarin depending on what version of uh, of Android you're working against?
2: Um, uh, I guess so. It depends on what kind of um, Android version you compile to. Right. So. When you open your Xamarin project and you open the properties of your Android, you see Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of things there. The one is that you compile against an Android version, the minimum Android version, Hmm. and internally behind that, there's even another one. So there's a lot of versioning going on there.
1: Right. And you don't want to make multiple builds for different versions of Android.
2: Um, How do you see that?
1: Well, I just the one of the paths I could go down here is to is to choose a fairly high version of Android, do a build that takes advantage of those features, and then have a separate build for an older version of a Android. A forked version. Yeah, I really don't want to do that. That would make me oh, sad. That would make me of sad. Of course too.
2: not. So w- what I would in general recommend is to compile against the highest version of Android possible, but right. just to set the minimum to whatever you need.
1: Yeah, whatever's sufficient.
0: Yeah, and you you yeah. learn those things just by doing some Android apps. You quickly dive into the labyrinth of pain. <laughs> it's it's a versioning uh, nightmare. It can be
2: actually. It's gotten
0: a lot better lately, don't you think? Yeah, it seems
1: like uh, that. What do you see as the base version of Android these days, uh, Martin?
2: I, I would say APL level fifteen. Uh, and why is that? Because uh, Google actually um, lifted this uh, minimum level of requirements for Android support libraries to that. Hmm. And
1: that's a version, that's a 4, isn't it?
2: That's a 4, yeah, Android 4.
1: Oh, that's so far back. Yeah.
2: Well, it isn't that bad if you're using the app combat libraries, because mm. then you can support all of that without having to think about uh, supporting all those compatibility issues.
1: Right. Yeah. Hey Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Uh, I must be that happy time
0: again. Yeah. It's time for me to pick up my tombstone fragments and go home, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Android got you again. Oh man, there's tombstone fragments everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually time to give away a D experience subscription from Developer Express to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Ben Godwin. Right, congratulations, Ben. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. Golf clap for Ben. Ben just won the D Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at Developer Express just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And hey, if you don't know what that is, go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of that fan club, but you got to sign up to win. And, Martin, it's your turn. We like to ask our guests on every show, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology right now,
2: what would you buy? Well, I would at least buy a HoloLens because I really want to go into developing on that. Yeah. Fun. Uh, and another cool thing would be uh, buying a Kinect and add that to my computer and see how I can use those 3D cameras to, um, you know, use movements to fix real world problems.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I always wanted to come up with like a mood detector that sat on your monitor and said, you're unhappy, you're frustrated. They can actually do that in the latest Connect API. It can give you some
0: facial uh, feedback and tell you essentially that. It's just a Boolean.
1: See, (laughs) if that had existed a few years ago, we never would have had Clippy. Well, it did. Because every time Clippy popped up, you'd immediately look angry, and that would be that.
0: (laughs) It existed a few (laughs) years ago, but not 10 or 20 years ago when Clippy (laughs) was around. It was more like
1: 20, wasn't it? Jeez. Yeah, something like that. Oh, clippy. I always lost the idea of the security model, too, that because it can see if somebody else is looking at your screen, if you were looking at sensitive information, it would automatically black it out. Right. Then you could get into scamming
0: it by holding up pictures of other people. That'd be awesome. There you go. (laughs)
2: Uh
1: Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm all in for a HoloLens. I, I, we need new hardware. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, I, I heard they're jumping to version 3, aren't
0: they? Yeah. They're going to leapfrog over 2, which is kind of funny And if you think about it. Version 3 is the magic version, but this is technically the second version.
1: Yeah, you need, <laughs> you need to release the, the second version for the next one to be 3. Yeah, they just don't <laughs> even want to avoid that.
0: It's kind of like not having a 13th floor in a hotel, right?
1: We're just going to go right to fourteen. Yeah, you know if I jump off the 14th floor and there is no 13th, I'm going to hit the ground sooner than I expect, (laughs) right? That's not right. That's not right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how would I get started with MVVM Cross? And the reason I'm asking this is because we probably set people up to be very fearful of the startup process. Because when we started talking to Stuart, it was kind of tweaky and hacky. And, and a little bit hard to... Uh, there was a bigger learning curve. Now, I imagine it's probably not so bad. But give us a, just give us a typical experience of getting started.
2: Right. So the cool thing is that uh, I've been working on a plugin for MVVM Cross, which helps you getting started with it really easily. And you can find it on the Visual Studio Marketplace and really soon also for Xamarin Studio. So I will send you a link and... Um, what it's called, it's called Xablu Cross for MVVM Cross.
0: Okay. What does it do that you'd normally
2: have to do yourself? So it does all the basic plumbing for you. Um, you can just put in the name of your application and it pops up with a wizard where you select whatever you want. So you can say, like, I want an Android uh, version of my app. I want iOS and maybe Windows or not. Um, and then you select specific options. If you want to have a navigation drawer pattern, if you want to select some colors, your logos of your app, and it will do all the basic plumbing for you. And then when the generation of the project is finished, um, you will just, you know, you can just compile your project and run.
0: Oh, pretty cool. So it's sort of like a wizard for getting started. Exactly. looks like a wizard. Zablu Cross, X-A-B-L-U Cross for MVVM Cross.
2: Very good. And it handles a lot of things for you. So, for example, if you want to do localization, it does that for you. Um, It also has a lot of base classes and helps you getting started really uh, quickly.
1: Wow, looks great. That's cool. And this is all about just getting your whole... I think this is the challenge for anybody getting into mobile development. It's like, what's the kit? What are all the pieces I need so that I'm doing this right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And if you're just beginning and you look at the whole Xamarin universe, you have no idea what you need to get started with.
1: Well, and, and I and I call back to the comment I read from Jim saying, you know, this is now in studios. You know, MVVM Cross is recognized as a, as a sort of known template approach to building mobile apps.
2: Yeah, And because there are all these open source projects doing, um, you know, the basic plumbing, the startup for MVVM Cross, it's just getting real easy to get started with it. Mm -hmm. And I think also the packages itself have just matured a lot with MVVM Cross. All the, you know, the namespaces that were maybe a little bit incorrect a couple of years back have been fixed. All the bugs have been fixed. And that's really a stable and mature framework to build your enterprise apps on. Well, the current version is
1: 4.4? That's right. Okay. Hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot of versions, man. Like you you guys have been working for a while.
2: Yeah, we've been around the block for a couple of years now, and <laughs> it doesn't mean that we are sitting still here. So no, no kidding. We, yeah. we've been continuing on the project. And what I'm really excited about is that we're gonna launch MVVM cross 5.0 really soon. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that's in five? Yeah. What's in five is that we uh, are developing, that's currently in progress, a whole new navigation that's fully async. Um, So that's one big feature that's coming up there. Uh, Another thing is that we have prepared uh, MVVM cross for .NET standard. And we have also, by that, removed Windows Phone 8 and Windows Store. Okay. So did you guys look into .NET standards? Sure yeah, did. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've
1: done a couple of shows on .NET standard now. Yeah. So which standard are you going to comply with?
2: We're going for 1.4 because it's going to be compatible directly with
1: 2.0. Right. And that's that's sort of pushing against the the limit of uh of where we're going to be for now. I uh, I mean I think we're all very impatient to get to the next version of core too, right?
2: Yeah. We all are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I got this sense that the .net core 2 and .net standard 2 this is going to be the one this is going to be the sort of unifying moment very much like the original .net 2 made .net real like that was the point where asp.net really worked and and everything got dramatically better there
2: yeah and that's what I'm hoping for. Net Standard 2 as well. That we can just push everything forward. And currently, you see a lot of differences in the universe here in the .NET space. And we just want to fix that all in that moment where 2.0 comes out.
1: And and is that pretty much put paid to PCL at that point? You stop worrying about portable class libraries. You just work the standard.
2: Yeah, that's what we're planning to do. Um, and another cool thing is that we then want to uh, start using multi-target with NetStandard, which makes it a lot easier to develop uh, applications for Android, iOS, and all the other foreign frameworks.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and, and and you know the stack's just going to expand, so it's it's good to uh, to be able to uh, to get onto these standards.
0: Is there anything that we need to know about testing uh, with MVVM Cross? I mean, we already talked about how you know, being able to navigate in the view model helps you test navigation. But uh, other than that, is there any anything that, um, that, that that people may not be thinking of when thinking about testing an MVVM cross application?
2: Um, it's pretty straightforward. You just have your tests um, and you can use the IOC container of MVVM cross dependency injection to help testing uh, your, um, you know, your view models or whatever else you want to test.
1: Any particular tools you like to use for testing?
2: Uh, Yeah, so um, it depends on what kind of testing you want to do. So if you want to do UI testing, that's a lot different than unit testing, right? Right. And what I would actually recommend is a package that I made, and that's called Xablu UI test. And you can use that to really easily implement the screen object pattern to implement your UI tests. Oh, Oh,
1: nice. Interesting. This this is another one of your contributions on uh GitHub?
2: Yeah, it is.
1: This is at zablucross.com. Is this your your company?
2: Yes.
0: And I I see that you have um uh things for free and also things that you sell, right? It looks like you have some uh some a whole bunch of stuff and some training.
2: Yeah, you can get training at uh, Cross, uh where Uh we provide everything you need to know about MVVM Cross.
0: Wow. Sounds interesting. And do you guys have a community for like support? And I I'm not just maybe Zablu Cross, but is there a MVVM Cross community? Like there's a, a great, uh, you know, like Xamarin has their forums and stuff where people can ask questions and get help.
2: Yeah. So if you want to get help, um, you should go to um, Slack. There's the Xamarin chat uh, on Slack and which has an MVVM Cross channel. Okay. And another way is Stack Overflow, of course, yeah. where you can post your questions and the guys that, um, you know, uh, help MVVM Cross that are contributors, they check that Stack Overflow space regularly yeah. and answer those questions.
0: I think we need a combination of the two. Slack
1: Overflow. What do you think? Is
0: that
2: good? <laughs> Sounds good.
1: <laughs> Slack. I wonder if we could make a Slack plugin that just wrote questions into Stack Overflow. and and then they all get rejected automatically anyway. And they just pull random John Skeet answers
0: in for you. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's all I'd you say. need.
1: The Skeet plugin.
0: Is there anything special about binding an MVVM cross that we already don't know if we're doing I property changed patterns and that kind of thing?
2: No, it's pretty straightforward, just like you say, um, notify property changed. Um, when you implement the MVVM cross view model, everything is handled under the hood and UI changes reflect on the changes in the view model.
0: And you handle commands, obviously.
2: Yeah. Commands are in there with async commands as well. Um, yeah. And and a lot of helpers around that.
0: Well, it sounds great, man. I haven't used MVVM cross in years, but, uh, I'm thinking about checking it out again. Now you're making it sound very, very sexy. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It is. And in fact, I think that it's also shown uh, at a lot of conferences around the world by people at Xamarin and at Microsoft that uh, they are using it. Um, For example, if you looked at the last build conference uh, or Microsoft Connect last year, uh, Scott Hansman used uh, MVVM Cross and for example, the health app. And they have a couple of other uh, DX projects running with MV Herm Cross.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, then that, that seals the deal right there. If Hanselman's using it, I'm <laughs> using it. Uh, Martin, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. This is great stuff, and uh, wish you all the best of luck in the future. Thank you. Yeah, product
1: sure has come a long way.
2: <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, it has. And this is just the beginning. We're continuing on this road with a lot of great features coming up for 5.0. And uh, I think we'll be here for the next couple of years. Sounds great.
0: Awesome. All right. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.